What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Magic of Life Radio with international coach and law of attraction expert Max Ryan, sharing with you many spiritual and metaphysical tools so you can apply them to live in the magic of life. From the details of the Law of Attraction to A Course in Miracles, Max's depth of knowledge and ability to make complex concepts simple and applicable has earned him the reputation of being the spiritual how-to guy. Now, here's your host, Max Ryan. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you happen to be in this whole world. This is Max Ryan, and you're listening to The Magic of Life Radio. I'm so so glad that you're here. As many of you come every week, I'm incredibly thankful that you take the time for yourself on a Friday afternoon or evening, wherever you happen to be, to to set your vibration into a space that will be beneficial for you, beneficial for the world. And when you do that, you can change the world. You can change your life and you can change the world. And hopefully with this show, I can you know share with amazing guests or share what I know and my experiences, some tools and techniques to help you do that because we're all about, you know, attracting positive results here. That's my my website is attractpositiveresults.com and we're all about that here and I want to preface that by saying we also are very clear about looking at what isn't working. We're not, you know, going through life with, with, with rose-colored glasses on here and pretending that bad things aren't happening. We want to look at those things so we know more clearly what we do want, so we, we are balanced beings in this space and time, so that we're not just saying, I'm ignoring all the bad and looking at all the good. We don't want to be that. We want to be real, balanced, and, and whole beings here. So, so when we talk about attracting positive results, you can only really attract positive results when you look at something that's quote-unquote negative and say, that's really something that I, I want to not have in my life or I want to switch around or shift my perception so it is positive. I hope that makes sense to all of you. So, as I said... Um, everything that I do is at attractpositiveresults.com, and if you're new to my work, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are welcomed with open arms here. So you can go onto my website to see all the stuff that I do. I am uh, a trainer, and I am a coach, and I'm a positive results mentor. I like to say that, that because I really um, love helping people to do that, to create positive results in their life, in their finances or their love life or, or in their environment or their spiritual journey. That for me. So today I'm thrilled to have an amazing guest who I will bring on in just a moment, Carol Drinkwater, who 
is um, was on my show in April, and I had got such great response. And we're going to take a little turn today when we when we talk to Carol because we're going to talk about the outer world. And, and here we usually talk about the inner world, the inner world of what's happening inside of you and your vibration, how it's affecting the outer world and your life. But we're going to actually go, you know, this is actually an old um, acting term. I'm an actor. Um, is outer inner. We're going to talk about outer and how it's affecting our inner and inner and outer. So we're going to talk about the environment and bees with Carol. So we're going to bring her on in just a few minutes. Um, but first, I want to read a card. I like to pull a card from this um, well-being card deck because it always gives us some, some information about helping us to stay in a real positive vibration. So let's just pick this card. Let's see. Ah, okay, so this card's beautiful. First, I seek joy, and all else follows. So true, so true. Because as we know, whatever our intention is, is what we are creating in our world on the outside. So if we're seeking joy, if joy is our intention, then everything that is like joy, that it has a similar vibration of joy, will start to be attracted to you. You will start to notice more joyful things, more joyful people will come into your life. So let me just read this back of the card. It says, since your feeling of joy is your indication of your connection with the source... Once you have achieved joy, you have achieved connection with your source. And under these circumstances, all that is good follows. It's so true when you really think about that. When you feel joyful, you feel connected. You feel grounded. You feel that connection to whatever you want to call it, G-O-D or the divine source, whatever you call it. When you feel joy, feels so good and you feel connected to the source. So make joy your intention for every day on some level and you will start to attract more of it and feel more connected with the source. Awesome. All right, I want to let you all know that we have this great um, chat room here, and I'm going to look in the chat room. Dell is there, Penny's there, Rose is there, Wendy. Hey, ladies, good to see you. A lot of guests. I'm not sure what your name is. Um, oh, and Allie, Allison's there too. Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Log in. Everyone there is great. They're, they're really happy to, to, to say hi to you and talk while we're having the show. And then also, if you want to, I'm going to take some calls later on. The, um, the call-in number here is 347-215-6826. 347-215-6826. That is the call-in number for um, to call in. If you want to ask a question, you want to share your experiences, I would love, love, love to hear from you. All right, so I'm excited today because Carol Drinkwater is here. If you're, if you're familiar with Carol, you, you know what a passionate person she is. Last time she was on the show, she talked about her, her passion for, for working with, with nature. And she is an amazing actress who has, who has amazing credentials. She, you might know her from... Um, all Creatures Great and Small, which is one of my favorite um, shows growing up, which is where I was probably introduced to her. Um, she's a star of stage and screen, and she's also written a series of amazing books about her life um, in the south of France, in Provence, where her and her husband bought um, a home. And she and her husband developed this home and she wrote this book called the olive farm series which really connected me with 
Carol. And Carol is passionate about our subject today, which is the bees. So, welcome, Carol. Are you there? Hello from the south of France. Isn't this great that we're connecting like this? I love it. I love it. I love I'm it. sitting in the garden listening to the cicadas, watching the sun just gently begin to tip away from the heat of the day. One black dog at my feet listening to you there. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful, Carol. And you know, it's so funny what you say. It could be, you know, I have a I have a very, very clear vision of me living in the, in the kind of place that, that you live because I, I just, you have such an amazing way of, of bringing us right into that world that you live in. So I love your work. Love your work. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And everyone you know that everyone I introduce you to, they're like, "Wow, I never knew about her. She's amazing." And they're read, reading all your books, so it's just wonderful. Terrific. Yeah. But today, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. <laughs> yes, it's great. It's great. So um, today, you know, one of the things that you sort of introduced me to, I sort of I knew about it and I've been studying, but then you know when I started reading your books and really going onto your blog more, I started getting more into bee awareness and why it's so important for us, all the listeners, and us to be aware of bees. And you even have a, a page called the Bee Awareness. So let's just, why don't we just talk about what is happening with the bees? What's happening with the bees? Well, the bottom line is, Max, is that the honeybee and other pollinators too, but particularly the honeybee, is dying off. Mm. About there has been, particularly in America, where it's at its most uh, critical, there has been a loss within the last year of perhaps 40% of honeybees, mm. which is a huge percentage. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the big difficulties about it is, is that the honeybee pollinates between 30 and 50% of our foods, all our fruits, all our vegetables, most of those, I mean, the list is so long of the foods and the flowers that are pollinated by the honeybee. So without them, if they do die off, if this, this trend that is moving in, in such a negative direction at the moment is not turned around, which is what I'm working to do, right. we're going to be in big trouble. Mm, I know. We'll I be know. living on rice and wheat. Yes, you know it's interesting. I was gonna, I was just gonna ask you that. I watched a, um, a, a special the other day all about this, and they, and one of the experiments that they did was they were like, okay, so this is the food you would have if there was no honeybees, and it was bread, and it was bread. So, yeah. so wheat is not pollinated by bees. No, wheat isn't. Um, the olive tree is self-pollinating. That's not pollinated by bees, but almost all the fruits that you eat and most of the vegetables you eat are pollinated by honeybees. Yeah, and and you know it's interesting, um, you know, because in doing research and everything, I'm sure you've heard about that. You know what Albert Einstein says about if we lost the honeybee, then we, we would have be in three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah, we have three years left. Three, perhaps he said four. I thought it was three years. Yes. There is three years then for us to find a way to... Um, you know, in China, and, and I've seen it on film, they are now, because for various reasons, Mao killed off, Mao Zedong, killed off the honeybees in China. I won't go into all of that. But now in China, they hand-pollinate their fruit trees. So it means that when a particular tree is in season, they have to bust hordes of people, Chinese people, into that particular area to hand-pollinate the fruit, the, the blossoms in the trees. 
Oh, my so that, God. Because without the pollination, they don't begin to fruit. Well, of course not. Of course not. No. Wow. That is incredible. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And it, yeah. I'm sure that Well, that, I mean, of course... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, of course, China at the moment, the, um, the cost of labor is a great deal cheaper than in uh, the Western world. So you imagine if you had to take, you know, um, 5,000 people across America to California to pollinate the almond trees, for example, mm-hmm. what the cost of that would be and the time it takes and finding the people, training them, etc. I mean, it's, a, it's a, major, a major problem that lies in front of us if we don't begin to this positively and that's yeah. that's why when I, f- I found out about it about um, 12 years ago now 10 or 12 years ago because we have an olive farm here the, 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 the house we bought here in the south of France was a, an olive farm that had been let to go to ruin and we've sung it back into life again put a lot of work into it um, planted up a lot more trees and now we produce excellent AOC which is the French benchmark for quality produce mm-hmm. we produce top quality olive oil at the time we started doing it, this land, when we bought the place, had been a jungle for 10 years, just a ruin and, and abandoned. And so it was naturally an organic uh, piece of land, though, of course, I didn't know that. When we cut the land back and began to find these amazing 400-year-old olive trees, um, I, by chance, found a specialist who said he would help me uh, farm the trees. And, of course, he came straight in and started spraying pesticides all over the place. Mm. And I said, what are you doing? (laughs) And he said, oh, you need to do this to fight the, the, the olive fly. Well, I let him do it for a bit, and then I began to find out that what was happening to bees in the south of France was um, that they were dying off, not as critically as in America, but still in certain parts of, of France, they have been dying off. And then I found that it was a pesticide that was being sprayed onto sunflowers that was considered to be the, the culprit. In fact, there's a mix of reasons why the honeybee is dying off, but right. certainly the, the new, what they call a new a new and of pests, uh, without getting too technical, which are called neonicotinoids. The neonicotinoids. They are based on a nic. Yeah. yeah, they're based on. They have a nicotine base about them, and what that means is that anything that goes into contact with them, any insect and honeybee that pollinates those flowers, um, it stuns their. It like when you smoke a cigarette. You know, if you don't smoke or if you smoke a cigarette for the first time after a while, you get the kind of strange, numby, bouncy thing. Right, right. Um, and that's what happens to the honeybee. And the honeybee has a natural ability to find its way. It's an amazing. Um, uh, um, system for being able to find its way back to its hive, unlike me who can't find my way anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a travel writer. Um, and the point is that it, it, this pesticide hits their nervous system and they lose their sense of direction. Mm, and the bees yeah. are dying off all over the place because they just exhaust themselves trying to find their way back to their hives. That's one of the reasons they're dying off. And so I, when I first read about this, I immediately said, okay, we're not putting any of these pesticides. We're completely organic now. There's nothing on this land. We've got butterflies, bees, oh. huge great wasps. Every, every creature comes and say hello here. Yeah, and um, you know, I was, I was reading on your, on your Facebook page that what is this thing about the sardines? What's the sardines? Yeah, we hang <laughs> sardines from the tree. Because when I, when I started to go around the Mediterranean to find out about the history of the olive tree and all that, I did a 17-month journey on my own, which is Creeble Books and Five Films. When I did that, I got to Sicily, and I met this um, chemist, 
and all his family have been chemists for generations, who has 5,000 olive trees, and they are organic, and they win prizes, wonderful Mediterranean olive oil, Sicilian oil. And I said to him, how do you manage to fight off the olive fly? How do you deal with that organically? And he said he hangs sardines from his trees. Well, I thought he was kidding me. <laughs> I'm to make a fool of me here. I said, what do you mean you hang sardines? And he said that as a chemist, he didn't need to earn the money with, the olive, with, with, the, with his olive oil, so he took time out from that, and he tried all kinds of chemical combinations or non-chemical combinations to see if he could it, it repulse the fly naturally. Right. And he tried various things, and then he decided to try a, a stinky fish, a sardine, <laughs> a Mediterranean sardine. So he puts them, he cuts like mineral bottles in half. The lower half of the bottle is then hung with a piece of rope or a piece of metal or something. You put it into the tree and you sink into the, and then fill it with water and sink into it a sardine. And it repulses the olive fly. Everybody on the island of Sicily laughed at him. And then they found it worked, and now they send people to train with him. No and we this week have been doing it. We've been, in fact, I went up this afternoon and bought two kilos of sardines <laughs> for the next batch of, you know, we've now got a hundred trees done this week. We oh, hang them, wow. and um, so you have a so you have a, a stinky farm, but there's no flies. Are you, you know, that's what I said to Michelle. I said we're, everybody's going to come here and say this place stinks of fish. You can't smell it at all. Really? You have to keep them high. Yeah, you have to keep them high enough so the dogs. So we did it all last year, and then oh. one our, one of our greedy dogs, our <laughs> old Alsatian, she ran round and ate all the sardines. <laughs> and then one year, you know, I mean, there are many, you know, lots of jokey stories about it, but um, it works. Wow. We had the most amazing olive crop last year. All you, organic, you know, really I, healthy fruits. Love that. You think about it. You know, you know, we have been given a mind, an ingenuity that can overcome any difficulty or problem. We don't have if to. If you do, look for the, if you look for the solution. Exactly, and you know, it's like I don't know if you know about this, but you know that the um, Native Americans say, and it's very true, and it's been proven out, is that whenever you get poisoned in nature, if you get poisoned or bit, the the remedy to that poison is always, always within five feet around you in a natural Absolutely. form. Absolutely. It's like you'll find that nettles and burdock will always grow alongside each other. You get stung by a nettle, you rub your skin with a leaf of burdock, and it and takes away the sting. Yeah. And they always grow alongside each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what I'm just beginning now to learn a little bit about permaculture, and that's sort of what one of the basis of that, as far as I can understand, is that you begin to plant things together that create a harmonious balance between them and look after each other. Yes, yes, yes. That's so, so important. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, just to talk to metaphysically, because we really talk about metaphysics here a lot, and I know you understand this, it is interesting when we say this, this kind of like this lack of love and lack of care and lack of, you know, this kind of stewardship for ourselves internally as a species. Is now being reflected in the earth. You know, it's sort of like it's like outer, inner, inner, or outer. But do you do you it's think brutality, that Max? You know, does it, 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 if if we approach the earth ourselves uh, from a brutal point of view, mm -hmm. a point of view which is about self-destruct or destructing what is around us that is alive, mm -hmm. um, then I think now what, what what we're really seeing is that it's coming back at us. Yeah. It's coming back at us very loud and clearly. And the honeybee is like the canary in the mine. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they, they used to go down the mines, uh, at the coal mines, and, and the first miners would take a canary with them. And if the canary died, it was because there wasn't enough oxygen for the men to go any further, and right. so they went back. So it's become a kind of an alert system, you say, the canary in the mine. And that's what the honeybee, poor soul, has become or is becoming. We are destroying our potential to feed ourselves and our potential to create goodness, good good quality products on the earth when we start killing off our pollinators. It's so, and the honeybee is a major pollinator. I love that analogy that they are the canary. You know, it almost, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, you know, I could get tears in my eyes. It's so, it, and you know, I the more research I do and the more reading I do about this, the more it hits me and the more it's like, and that's what the reason I decided to really talk about this on the show. We don't talk about the environment really on this show, but I thought, you know, this is a reflection of, like you so brilliantly said, our brutality to ourselves on some level is this brutality that we are showing to the earth. And, you know, people that that have an awareness that I believe it is our responsibility and it is our, especially coming out of this, you know, this near-death experience I had, coming back with a very strong sense of we have to do in this world what we what we're being drawn to do. And sometimes that is saying, no, this is wrong. We've got to change it. We've got to change it. Well, it's, if, for example, you know, coming back to the farm, uh, we planted up more trees. We have 300 trees. We now have, I mean, we were producing, when the little trees were not producing at all, we were redu- producing, uh, it's a small business, about 1,600 liters of oil a year. That oil obviously had a pesticide in it because it, the trees had been sprayed. Now we're producing about 500 liters because um, some of the fruits will drop, but with this system, and also because... Um, um, you know, we pick everything by hand. Everything is done organically. Uh, and I've chosen to have healthy, positive fruits and mm. less of them. Oh, I love it. You know, not to go for the for – the, it's not about quantity. Yeah. It's yeah. about the quality. And it's not just the quality of the oil. It's the quality of the land. It's the quality of the creatures that live on this land. Oh, my God. It's how it then makes us feel. It's, all, it's a complete cycle. You and know? it's so much um, what you're saying is exactly what, how we need to change our attitude towards ourselves. It's not about quantity. It's about the quality of our lives. It's not about quantity. Exactly that. Exactly that, indeed. And can I just give a a couple of little examples of how anyone who's listening to the show, they might say, well, I don't have an olive farm. I can't turn (laughs) things around in that way. But, you know, if you have one single window box, Mm-hmm. Or, or the potential or a place for a single window box or even outside where you've got a garage if you can just put if any little corner in your street in your house, in your flat any little corner where you can plant up even just one bee loving shrub yeah, that gives yeah. the bees a natural food mm-hmm. you're doing your bit Boy, you that's know, all it takes, I one gonna, plant you know that wasn't part of you know really part of this whole conversation is like we know about it we can feel it what do we do about it and it is interesting because you know i lived in you know i was raised in los angeles but you know i didn't really wasn't connected to nature so much besides going to the beach um but then i moved to new york (laughs) for 18 years and you know besides besides central park which i loved and adored and everything i wasn't really connected to nature but then i moved back to los angeles and talking to my father here in the in the um desert you know there's a lot of plants and everything and he was mm. like see see that fruit tree is like an apricot tree in the front of our yard 
He was mm-hmm. like, you know, there used to be tons of apricots on that. And I was like, really? And he goes, we just don't have them anymore. And then, you know, it's very interesting. My favorite flower, they're besides the days, they're, yeah, they're not being pollinated. My favorite flower is lavender. The smell, the look, mm-hmm. the everything. And we're in the desert. You know, I always say that where I'm at is very much like, um, it's like California is the south of France without castles. <laughs> because <laughs> it has the same topography. It's sort of desert-like. It's got that dry kind of thing. Um, so there, lavender grows here. So I went and bought lavender, yeah. which I love. I planted lavender, and the lavender was all all the the flowers started to die, and they started going away. And I was like, where? And I realized, and I my dad and I were like, oh, because they're not being pollinated. There's no bees. And he said we yeah. used to see. He goes, I used to sit out here in the front, and there would be bees everywhere, and there'd be apricots in the trees, and the flowers would be blooming, and now you don't really see it. They're not here, and yeah, I think that you're right. And and so when you know this sounds this sounds sort of selfish in a way, but when it hits your real life, then you see it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. You say mm-hmm. something's got to change, and that's when I really started to 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 realize how bad this situation is and what we can do about it. So I think you're right. So we need to to bring in any kind of. Do you have examples of tree? I mean, a bee loving shrubbery or bee loving plant. Well, there are lists for different areas. I mean, here, rosemary is a great one. Lavender is a great one. Um, Orange and lemon blossoms. These are all things that would grow in your climate as well. Mm -hmm. Apricot, of course, all those soft fruits. You know, they pollinate all of those almonds, which, of course, is major in California, and also, in a way, perhaps one of the the problems because um, all the bees are trucked in and they're made to work and then they're trucked out again and trucked onto somewhere else. So the bees are not living their own um, time cycle, as it were. They're really? trucked all over America. Mm. Wow. They wow. truck them from all over America in great numbers, rent them to the almond uh, um, groves, which are huge in California, as mm-hmm. you know. It's the biggest producer of almonds in the world yeah. now. Um, and the bees go to work on the almonds, and then as soon as they finish, they put them all back in the trucks. And, of course, when they're in the trucks, the bees can't come out of their hives because, as I said, they have a great sense of understanding that where they live. They know how to find their way back. But if a truck is on the move, they can't get back. So they have to be closed into their hives, and the hives are darkened over so that to make the, belie- the bees believe it's night. And sometimes this goes on for four or five days if they're being trucked right across the states. So their rhythm and their time cycle is all messed up. Wow. Wow, wow. We have got to change things. Okay, yeah, that's it's intense. It's that's a, a very intense. It's it's like, you know, what it reminds me of is a phrase that I use all the time is that it's like trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's like it's going down. <laughs> Fix the ship or whatever, do something, but don't try to be like, "Oh my god, let's move this, move this here." There's an essential problem that we've got to we've got to address here, you know. And I know that, you know, there the GMOs and the pesticides and everything, but also there's a mite problem too. There's a mite that Yes, the, yeah, there are mite problems, but I think it's like anything, Max. Um the, the creatures on the whole can combat their own um, predators mm-hmm. if they are in good health and if they are getting, like any other creature, you can't, we can't just survive on one food. Right. They need to have a habitat which is diverse, mm-hmm. with choice, 
mm-hmm. so that all the different kinds of pollen and nectar that they're taking into their hive, they can feed off, and that gives them a balanced diet, like us. They need a balanced diet. And then they've got the potential and the ability to fight their own predators, like the mite, the varroa mite. Yes, yes, yes. So what, what basically what we need to do is we need to start um, cutting cutting out the pesticides and the chemicals. Mm-hmm. We need, wherever in our own small ways, if we're not at, you know, living at that kind of level where we have a, a possibility of doing that, to start planting anything that is bee-friendly or pollinator-friendly, but particularly bee-friendly, in any patch. If in your area where you live there's a scrub of land that you walk past every day when you go to college or when you go to work, just a little scrub of land that is doing nothing, Find out who owns it. Find out if it's possible to plant it up. Get some friends. All get together. Put mm. bee-friendly plants on. If people want to know what is bee-friendly, they can go to my website and I'll send them. I'll send them lists. I love it. That's awesome. Great. I love that. You know, the other thing is that you know we can do something. It's not like you know you hear about this and you think you know the, a lot of the statistics are overwhelming, saying the population is getting higher and the bees are going lower and all this other stuff. But we are here as you know as spiritual travelers on this planet to say, you know what, that is the way of the world, but miracles can happen, and we can change things. It is also our job to nurture the planet. Yes. You know, we're here to nurture. We're just passing through, yes. and on our passage through, we don't want to leave devastation. What we want to leave is a nurturing earth yeah. for those who come after us. I love that. I love that. We are the stewards of this of this planet while we're here. And, and just coming back to that, you know, the Native American, it's like whatever choice that you make in your life, you think about how it's going to affect seven generations beyond you. Yeah. And if you Absolutely. have that, you know, in your in your consciousness, you will start to make different choices. So, you know, Carol, it's just I could talk to you forever. Of course, and <laughs> and Carol. Um, so you did mention your your um, your website, which is www.caroldrinkwater.com. Okay. It's very simple, okay. and there is a be awareness page. There's a way to contact me. Everything. It's a very friendly site, so people can come there if they want to know more about where they can go find out about becoming beekeepers. You know, yeah. individual home beekeepers. All of that. Yeah. There are lots of possibilities. I love it. I love it. I actually was watching something on the Food Network the other day about how in Seattle they are um, they have a whole bee program where people in in, in neighborhoods are offering to put to set up bee um, bee um, hives in their yards, and then they create yeah. all of these amazing honeys from these different neighborhoods that compl- are completely different. And the bee population exactly. in Seattle has just skyrocketed because of it. it. It's absolutely it's one of the one of the areas where it's beginning to really mount again, go up again. Absolutely, and, that. And I mean, we have ten we have ten <laughs> hives on the land here. Uh-huh. And because I travel so much and I I can't tend for them myself, we have a beekeeper who mm-hmm. he you know I found a beekeeper who wanted somewhere to 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 reside his hives, mm-hmm. um, and we talked through. I don't care whether we get any honey or not. I, I'm not right. in this to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. What I get out of it is that the bees are on the land and the bees are pollinating the plants and the bees have something to eat. Yeah. And I'm doing my bit, you know. And if you've got land, that's something you can offer. If you haven't got land but you want to, you've got space for one beehive. You you can try, train as a beekeeper. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities to help your community, you know, get it. a community thing going. 
So good. So good. I love it. And I wanted to mention, too, everyone listening, and you I'm sure you've seen this before, but I think it's a great, you know, condensed kind of version of what's happening with the bees is that Greenpeace actually has a PDF about their studies. So you want to maybe look at Yeah, they have. It's excellent. Yeah, and it's Perfect. about 45 pages, and you can just yeah, cruise yeah. through it. So that's a great thing. Yeah. All that right. might even be on my Be Awareness page. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. But anyway, yes, it's excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Carol, and, and everyone for listening. And um, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, say hello to Provence, and I'm going to have to come visit you very soon. You will have to come and visit. I will, for sure. You will have to come and visit. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. I actually have friends in, in Britain that are like, we need to go to the south of France. I'm like, oh, I have a friend there. I'm going to go see Carol. So it'll be great. All right. Well, have a wonderful weekend. Say hello to the dogs and Michelle and all that for me. <laughs> okay. Lovely okay. to talk to you, Max. You too. All right, everyone. I will be back next week with another um, edition of The Magic of Life. And as I always say, I pray that love will guide you. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.